0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh. You're going to make mistakes, but you learn from those
1: mistakes. You're going to mess up. And again, I'm not talking about willful sin and disobedience. I'm talking about with the productiveness comes the mess. I'm really convinced and I I see it in my life and in my ministry that Absent the mess, there's no hope of productiveness. And that rhymes, doesn't it? The mess comes packaged with the productiveness.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. People often think that if you're walking with the Lord, everything in life is smooth. Pastor J.D. is here to remind us today that's not true. God uses trials in our life to help us to learn, so don't be discouraged when storms come and leave a mess behind. You won't grow until you're removed from your comfort zone. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. For now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 14 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: Proverbs, we're going to pick it up in chapter 14. Let's jump in, verse 1, and this is one verse that I think requires a little bit of time on. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. <laughs> you know, it wasn't long ago that we were not victims of what's come to be known as political correctness. I'm talking about those days when you could actually get away with saying things like, the woman of the house. Oh, dare not say that today. How about the housewife? Oh my goodness, that's like anathema. I'm not married to the house. I'm not a housewife. How dare you? Well, truth be known, (laughs) this is the way that God has wired the woman to be the woman of her home. She is and has a pronounced role in the life of the home, the home life, with the children and the husband. I think of my wife of 31 years next month. You know you've been married for a while when you lose count. <laughs> actually, my wife's the one that lost count. She thought it was 32 years. And then when I told her, no, it's actually 31, and we counted, she's like, oh, it's only 31. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> 31 years! We've been together longer than we've not in our lives. We're in our 50s. And we've been together more of our lives than we've not been together. I hope that made sense, because that's as good as I can say it. But I think of my wife and how she has built up her house. She knows that her primary calling is to be my wife and the mother of my children. And it has been really the foundation upon which we have built our home. And then there's the contrast to the wise woman, and it's the foolish woman. And sadly it's the foolish woman that really pulls it down, tears it apart with her own hands. (laughs) In other words, the implication is, is that the wife, the woman, has the potential, the propensity to either build up or tear down. It's a tremendous privilege, but with that privilege comes also a tremendous responsibility. Verse 2, he who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is perverse in his ways despises him. This is again another reference to what the fear of the Lord is the one who fears the Lord hates evil. To fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To fear the Lord is to walk uprightly. To fear the Lord is to hate the things that God hates. To fear the Lord is to love the things that God loves. Now there is the opposite side of this, and it's the one who does not fear the Lord. There's no fear of the Lord in their eyes. And their ways are perverse. And not only do they not have a fear of the Lord, they actually have a disdain for the Lord, if you can imagine. When you reject the Lord, and with it the fear of the Lord, then this is the result. It's a disdain, a despising of the Lord. Verse 3, In the mouth of a fool is a rod of pride but the lips of the wise will preserve them. This is an interesting proverb and so true. The one who has a big mouth, the fool, oh my goodness, they're going to say something that's going to come back to haunt them. And conversely, the lips of the wise are going to protect them, preserve them. Be a safety net for them. But not so with the fool. Again, we have these contrasting proverbs between the fool and the wise. The righteous and the unrighteous as we get towards the end. I want to talk a little bit more about that. There is quite a disparity in this stark contrast between what happens with the fool and what happens with the wise. Verse 4, and I want to spend some time on this one. This is a very interesting proverb. It's one that to me over the years I've really had a better understanding of. At first read it's a little bit difficult to really understand in our way of thinking modern day what the truth of this proverb is teaching us. But it says, Where no oxen are, the trough is clean. But much increase comes by the strength of an ox. Bear with me on this. I'll try my best to explain what this Proverbs is teaching. So you have this clean, tidy, let's even say sanitary stall. There are no oxen there, and certainly there is no mess there. It is spick and span clean. But there's a problem, because if you got a clean trough, (laughs) an empty trough, then that means you have no increase, no profit. See, in that culture, in that day, the ox would work, and the produce, the increase from the work of that ox would be great, and fruitful, and productive. But there's a problem too, because what comes packaged with that productive, fruitful work of the ox is a very messy stall. And that jams people's gears. I'm sorry for the outdated metaphor. That crashes people's hard drive. Because I want to keep things in order. I don't want things to be out of order. I would rather have everything be clean and tidy and organized. I don't want anybody to, you know, mess that up. Well then, neither will you ever experience the increase the production, the fruitfulness that comes from the work of an ox. You have another, again contrasting, farmer who has a stall, a feeding trough, and I mean it doesn't smell good. (laughs) It certainly doesn't look good. I mean those oxen, they make a big mess. But oh my goodness, how productive are they? In other words, the productiveness of those oxen is worth the mess and the disorder that they create. I have this quote I heard, and I actually wrote it down, and I want to share it with you. I think it says it best. It goes like this, a passion for order and dustlessness must not put the brakes on progress and productiveness. I mean, it's this this desire to just, let's play it safe. I don't want to mess things up. I don't want to make a mistake. And that's the problem. Because, particularly in ministry, when you just want to keep everything in order, let's not take a risk let's not think big because I might mess up I might mess my stall up by stepping out in faith and taking a big risk by faith in a big God I'm not talking about I'm going to mess up in terms of sin I'm not talking about that I'm talking about the person who just doesn't want anything to be messed up or they don't want to take the risk of failing and making a mistake. So they never step out. And those are usually the ones that are more critical, hypercritical of the ones who do. Uh, A couple years ago, I took this risk and thought, you know, I'm just going to do the gospel, present the gospel as simply as I can at the end of every prophecy update. And then, I'm also going to do these ABC's of salvation. After presenting the gospel, it's an explanation, very simple, it's an explanation of salvation. And I have to confess that it was a huge step of faith because, I mean, I was thinking to myself, man, I'm not an evangelist. I don't want to mess up. You know, I don't want to botch it. So, I did it. Take a risk. And it was a little messy at first. I fumbled and bumbled my way through it. And who knew? Well, God knew. I mean, there's power in the gospel. It's not the messenger, it's the message. And God's Word doesn't return void. And so I started doing it, and then all of a sudden we started getting emails and letters and comments posted on social media about people all over the world that were coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, because I'll never forget this one. It was a couple years ago. It might have been last year. This uh, sister in Christ, she's involved in prison ministry in the state of Kentucky, and she took the ABCs of salvation into this women's prison. And you have to understand that... You know a lot of these women are you know recovering drug addicts and so <laughs> I can relate to this I'm not proud of this but I mean there's a, you know when I came to Christ I had damaged my brain and still to this day I suffer the consequences of my uh, lifestyle before Christ the alcohol the drugs it, it damaged my brain and so here I am 37 years later and my memory has never been the same, it will never be the same. Can't wait till heaven. <laughs> I'm going to get a perfect brain and a perfect body. So I can't wait for the body, especially. This This thing's got a lot of miles on it, but I digress. Anyway, so she took the ABCs of salvation, and she just printed them out, and she took them in to this prison, and these women in prison were coming to Christ, and she sends me this letter, and she says, Thank you, thank you, thank you for the simplicity of the ABC's of salvation. I thought, thank you Lord. I mean, (laughs) it was a little bit messy. (laughs) You know, I, I stepped out in faith and the increase has come. People have been added to the kingdom. And then the criticism started coming in. Look at your stall. Look how messy it is. What do you think you're doing? I want to be careful how I say this because I'm just as prone as anyone to react in the flesh instead of respond in the spirit. I think you know what I'm talking about. But one of the things the Lord just kind of impressed upon my heart is how many people are they leading to Christ? I think about Greg Laurie. Probably one of the most, you know, well-known and, uh in fact, Billy Graham, before he went home to be with the Lord, told Greg Glory that he believes that Greg Laurie is the best evangelist alive today. Man, when Billy Graham tells you that, if, if I'm Greg Laurie, which is why God would never allow anything like that to happen to me, and Billy Graham said that to me, i like, oh really? <laughs> never mind. So, I, I think he's right. Do you know how much criticism there is of Greg Laurie and his crusades and festivals, and think about how many people have come into the kingdom because of that ministry. Someone willing to take a risk, and he even shares the the stories about early on how they were renting these stadiums, and and you know he's thinking to himself, What if nobody comes? (laughs) And you're taking this risk, and you're going to make mistakes. But you learn from those mistakes. You're going to mess up. And again, I'm not talking about willful sin and disobedience. I'm talking about with the productiveness comes the mess. I'm really convinced, and I I see it in my life and in my ministry, that Absent the mess, there's no hope of productiveness. And that rhymes, doesn't it? The mess comes packaged with the productiveness. And that's what I think this proverb is teaching. You want to play it safe, keep it all in order. Let's not, you know, ruffle any feathers. Let's not, you know, mess anything up. I mean, it's kind of nice and clean right there. Well, that's fine. You will never taste... From the cup of the joy, <laughs> the unspeakable joy, the pure joy that comes when you see God do amazing things because you are willing to step out. I know it's gonna, my stall's gonna get messy. <laughs> I know I might mess up. I know I might make a mistake, but God, <laughs> God is a big God. God desires to bring much increase. And it comes by the strength of the ox, but there's also what comes from the ox is a messy stall. It's not orderly and tidy. Now this also I think speaks to, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but maybe one last thing on this. I think it speaks to the matter of perfectionism this is something that the lord's been dealing with me on over the years you know i have these perfectionistic tendencies and so i just want everything to be pointed god ever you know it's, i'm one of those those people that you know that that there's that saying i want to i want all my ducks in a row so here's all my ducks are in a row right and it's like god says oh i i see all your ducks are in a row yeah isn't that cool You like how all my ducks are in a row it God it's okay. My ducks are no longer in a row. You know what? I'm going to have to trust the Lord. Wow! What a novel idea. I think about when we first acquired this property. Man, you want to talk about stepping out in faith and what came packaged With that, there was a point in the project, I'll never forget it, when I'm on the phone with Eric and he's telling me, man, um, we really need to pray and fast. And we've got a tiger by the tail. We're at a very critical juncture in this project. And it's a mess. That was an understatement. It's a mess. And I just remember crying out to the Lord saying, okay, Lord, I mean, I know that without faith it's impossible to please you, which means that with faith it is possible to please you. I know you're pleased by our faith, and you know our hearts. And the way you're going to do this is going to be in such a fashion that only you will get all the glory. Even if we wanted to take credit for it, we couldn't. And God did it that way. But it came by the strength of an ox, and boy, you should have seen our stall during that time. (laughs) It was not in order. Everything was in disarray. One of the things that the Lord is really teaching me is completion, not perfection. Completion, not perfection perfection you know sometimes we we won't set out to do something because uh, we have this perfectionistic tendency and if it's not perfect then we just don't do it at all and that's that's a big mistake we're, we're never going to know true perfection this side of heaven so seek not perfection rather seek completion that has been so freeing to me in every aspect of Of my life. So, verse 5. A faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. I mean, just pour out lies. (laughs) The faithful witness, and this can also relate to a courtroom setting. This is going to come up again in this uh, chapter, actually, a little bit later but it kind of carries with it the idea of bearing false witness you're testifying and falsely testifying as a witness in that court case and a faithful witness will not lie but speak the truth whereas a false witness bearing false witness will utter lies verse 6 a scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it but Knowledge is easy to him who understands. This is interesting. So why is it that the scoffer will seek wisdom, but never find it? Because wisdom comes from God, and they're a scoffer of God. And God is not mocked, and God is not scoffed. Don't think for a second that God will ever be mocked. You mock, but you will be mocked. You scoff, you as a scoffer are seeking wisdom which only comes from God. You're never going to fight it. You're scoffing the very God from whom you are seeking wisdom. You'll never get it. And then conversely, the the righteous, it comes easy for one who understands. I think about what James said that the wisdom that comes from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, then easy to be entreated. That's the wisdom that comes from above, full of mercy and good fruits without hypocrisy, bearing fruit unto righteousness. And again, James, the New Testament book, it's been likened unto the book of Proverbs in the New Testament, what the book of Proverbs is to the Old Testament, the book of James is to the New Testament. And you have this contrast in the book of James, the wisdom that comes from below and the wisdom that comes from above.
0: We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. You can start in Proverbs, where Pastor JD left off, or turn to another book. Each one holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a top priority. A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too, and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates. We also have some helpful resources, too. You'll find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time for more from Proverbs right here on In Spirit and Truth.